Hey guys, we are living the most authentic life today with Dr. Viviana, Dr. Viviana Coles. She is a marriage and family therapist, but specifically she's a sex therapist. And as a Catholic girl, <laughs> you're a Catholic woman, but yeah. That was born in the 60s. I have never publicly spoken about sex. So this is like getting me out of my comfort zone to talk about something, but it's Valentine's season and we're all talking about relationships more openly. We're talking about feelings and connection. Now more than ever, connection is important. And the most connected we would, can be with someone is to be in love with them. And oftentimes that involves sex. So today we're going to dive into that. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you for, for having me. Hello. This is, I, I, my eyes are just going around your boutique and, and you. And I'm really excited to be here and talk about all things love. And I'm excited to be a part of your new season. So you have been a part of a lot of seasons on TV. Yeah. Tell us about your reality TV journey. So I started off doing a lot of local TV here in Houston. I'm from Houston, born and raised, went to Duchenne yeah. Academy um, and just love being here. My husband's from here as well. So we are staples in the Houston community. And I was doing a lot of local TV, loved it. Houston Life, I was on mm. Channel 13, all of them. And I was starting to get recognized for my efforts of talking about really tough, sensitive subjects like yes. we're do today on TV and did it with ease. I really mm -hmm. enjoyed doing this and I hope it shows. But so eventually New York, California, they all kept coming and they came calling and um, I was able to get my eyes and, you know, and, and myself in front of the camera and doing all of that. And when it came to Married at First Sight, it was after like four or five years of being in contact with production companies and nothing ever coming of it. Mm -hmm. Now, at that point, in, um, I was able to say, yes, I'm available. And it was like five days before I was filming that I signed my contract and I was on for six seasons, decided not to renew my contract so that I could go on a book tour. Yes. My book, the Four Intimacy Styles. And of course, being a mom of two, having a really thriving practice, Houston Relationship Therapy, and having my hands in all sorts of projects. It was just time. Uh, but I really enjoyed it, a lot of fun. It was kind of wild, uh, but love is. And two people meeting and marrying at the same time <laughs> is bound to bring some ups and downs. And so it was just, uh, it was a really great experience. And now I'm the resident intimacy expert over at Box 26. So. I'm there twice Intimacy a week. expert. I like that. Yeah. So Rob has never been shy about talking <laughs> about okay, sex or <laughs> intimacy. In fact, he likes to make innuendos in our videos. Let's get this straight. We have had sex one time. <laughs> it was just to have our daughter. Yes. And that was it. And, and other than that... It's my, all in here. My father-in-law Vito. <laughs> yep, promise that was it. Sicilian father-in-law and mother-in-law Irish. Nope, that's it. Okay. But hypothetically, we can speak. Hypothetically, <laughs> it, you know, friends are doing it. Yeah. Friends are doing it. Other people are doing it. Well, and when it comes to talking about sex, it isn't something that most people are very prone to do, um, unless prompted in therapy, which is what I do all day. So I'm I'm pretty used to it. But a lot of people are just 
really out for connection, like you said, and connecting yes. allows them to live a life that is more fulfilling. It feels more satisfying. It's happier. I think um, that's one of the reasons that I really do try to stay with relationship and sex therapy is because it is so rewarding to help people find a partner that they can then, it's like the sky's the limit. Y'all are a great testimony to that. Whenever you are with someone that you really enjoy and respect, respect is a big one, and mm-hmm. trust, I mean, you it feels like nothing can stop you. And I really enjoy that, and I enjoy being a part of that. And if people are losing that or never had it to begin with and want to build it up, that's when they typically come to see me. And sex is a part of showing someone that you right. have a different relationship with them. I often get asked the question, why is sex so important? It's the only thing, if you really think about it, it's the only thing that you do with your partner, with your romantic partner, if you're know, if you in a committed relationship, exclusive. And so you can sleep with your dog, you can even go on girls trips and they might see you naked, your doctor might see you naked. Your, yeah. your guy that helps you with your fashion who doesn't like women, but you're, you run around him naked. Todd Ramos in my closet helping style me, he's not he looking might, at me that way, but we are not. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that happens. <laughs> But this is the one thing that you really do share. And so for that reason, it is sacred. And so when it's not there, it can kind of make you feel like you're roommates or you're just kind of business partners. Room, roommates and business No, I see that we see that a lot in our industry yeah. when we sell them the diamond. And then when it doesn't work out and they haven't figured out how to get the communication back, we buy the merchandise back, the whatever it may be, from jewelry to handbags or whatever. But it's, it's communication and... Not being gotta, on the same page, right? Sometimes you got to bite your lip and be happy instead of being right every time. Oh, that's I, important. I have a wife that never makes mistakes, so it's yeah, easy it's, for me. It is very easy for him. <laughs> and it, as I tell everybody, we've had a, a seven-year great marriage. We've been together 18 years, but seven of the 18. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm <laughs> I'm I heard something last night that reminded me of what you said. <laughs> she said... She said, I sometimes might not be right, but I'm never wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I did some cheating. I looked in your bio and I looked at some fun things. That kind of cheating, I'm totally fine. <laughs> you're I like, you're going to announce this on air? <laughs> I was like, super excited. I go, you have a, a, a topic you wrote about cuffing. I'm going, is that handcuffing? Oh, God. Well, Tell her that. So I, I have a, I, I, I speak Spanish. I okay. lived in Mexico and... I love the humor of the, the Mexican language, the Mexican Spanish language, because the word for wife is esposa, mm-hmm. but the word, word for handcuff is esposas. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. <laughs> a lot there to unpack. Okay. But we're going okay. to segue past that to the cuffing. Yes. And you said in we're fall. We're in the middle of cuffing. I had to season. Google what cuffing was. I don't well, even know what that. for a long time. <laughs> okay. So tell us about cuffing. Yeah. So we're in the middle of cuffing season. It starts off in late October. Okay. And then goes through to Valentine's Day. And basically it's a time where being connected and cuffed to and connected to somebody else um, in a relationship is kind of on the brain because mm-hmm. the holidays are starting to roll around and you don't want your family or your friends to be like, what's going on? When are you going to, you know, when are you going to find someone? What's going on in your love life? And that, of course, then starts to be internalized nearing Valentine's Day when you want to go and enjoy a romantic time with somebody that you care about. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the time. You've got you've got about a month left, maybe less, uh, to get cuffed. But, uh, <laughs> but I do, um, actually, now that you think about 
cuffs. So using handcuffs in, in intimate moments, mm -hmm. it's not something that you only have to use by with a partner, you can use it by yourself. And Blue Me is a brand that I'm a resident intimacy expert for, and I love all their pro um, products. But they just came out with some cuffs that don't require a key, they're not metal, they're silicone, they don't pull on your hair, they don't hurt your skin, and you can use them by yourself just to experience different sensations. Because whether you're single and you know, you've got Valentine's Day coming up, it's all about love, you can enjoy and pleasure yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's something that a lot of people don't think about during the season. They don't think about all the singles, but there are a lot of singles and they still deserve pleasure. So whether you're with your partner and want to use cuffs to kind of try a few things that maybe they wouldn't normally just do willingly, you want to maybe ease into it. Of course, consent is important, but um, that's another type of cuffing and it's a good one too. Fantastic. Yeah. I didn't think we'd talk about that one at I'll all. I'll be sending you a pair of their cuffs. That's called Link. How nice is that? They're it Link. is. Okay, so we had a therapist that told us that um, the best relationships are autonomy with a connection. And that really stood with me because both he and I are such strong individuals. And sometimes being with someone strong is hard. But there is um, the other side of that is another thing I added on to it was if you can still take influence from your partner while being autonomous, yeah. that's when it really works. So there's a lot of layers to it because he's on his own pre-COVID. He was traveling 200 days. People would go, how do you trust him? I'm like, how can I not? What, what would I do if I didn't trust What's him? What's the alternative? Yeah. What does that look like to me? And I never had that feeling. There's a lot of gut. I mean, I'm bringing up a lot of things, sure. but I think for us, being, I was 37, he was 39. It was super important for both of us being strong personalities to find someone that would let us be autonomous on our own, but then come together and still enjoy each other. And because and I waited to together. Yeah. And that's day in, day out. so it much joy, so much enjoyment. <laughs> so, so, so right, much. On, say it again. <laughs> I love her every day, but there are some days I don't like her. And I think that's okay. And when we don't like each other, we just Go away till we can come back and make it work. But it, Because we have other things we're interested in. And exactly. the, the person, I was talking to a couple of people on our trip this weekend and a couple were divorced. And I said, I think the hard thing for singles is people wait to find someone that can fill them up. And you this cannot be empty and have yes. someone else fill you up. And when you're at your worst and you're happy, you got to do the work yourself. Well, I wrote about that in my book. Okay, it's actually good. A, a piece of... Um, mm -hmm. A piece of a book, uh, Shel Silverstein's book, The Missing Piece, or uh, writing The Missing Piece. And it's mm -hmm. all talking about how you can't just be, oh, you know, you can't be a circle with a wedge cut out trying to mm -hmm. find the other wedge mm -hmm. because you'll outgrow each other. But if, oh. you, if you are both separate, if maybe one is a full circle and one is a wedge, the more you work together, you'll both end up being circles that can then. Mm -hmm. travel together and that's that's the piece that I think a lot of people are missing especially singles today mm -hmm. they're looking for someone who's just gonna fit right into their lives mm -hmm. but we're always evolving we're always our life's changing. gonna be different we don't live in tiny communities we don't mm -hmm. we're not unaware of so many things our brains are constantly just blowing right and so this this idea that you can just be yourself and find somebody else who's just gonna want you the way that you are 
that works for about what 0.1 seconds because you're already changing Ex you're already growing exactly. and that's the piece of being a power couple that everybody tends to want to be but they miss out on is this idea of like full on respecting somebody else's autonomy and mm -hmm. knowing that they everybody has the choice to make wrong choices mm -hmm. but that you will value the sum of the whole more mm -hmm. and and not make those those choices when everybody could anyone could easily cheat on somebody else we see it all the time i was just listening to this podcast that i love and it's all mm -hmm. about people getting found out and and it's like my guilty pleasure um and anybody can make those decisions but mm -hmm. we don't because we take a look at our relationships my husband and i have been married for almost 17 years this idea is like we're stronger together mm -hmm. there's nothing that I'm looking for elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And if you do start to look elsewhere and you are starting to wonder, could things, could I be better? Could things, look at yourself first. Don't look for somebody Absolutely. else. They're just passing through. So many times I work with people through affair recovery, you know, 70% of couples that experience affairs actually stay together. 70? Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. A lot more Interesting. Than mine, actually, I think uh, right because you can help them can process help them. that it's a symptom. It's not necessarily uh, always right. It's not always the end. Mm -hmm. um, but for a lot of people, it is. I, I want to emphasize: don't do it. You're not um, condoning it. You're dropping but, a yeah. bomb in your relationship. Right. And there's a lot of damage that comes of that. But there is a way to get through it. Mm -hmm. And what I'm always telling them is. That other person that you're being, that you're mm -hmm. with, that you're wanting to be with, you're going to come up with the same issues. Everybody has something. We call it the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Not that he's a devil, but... Everyone has something <laughs> that they're going to have to work through. At least yeah. with your partner, you know the realm uh, of possibility. Somebody else, you got a whole bag you don't even know about. We have sold more than a dozen times. People have gotten divorced. And then they got back together again and got married yeah. again. Because they went out because and dated and realized it wasn't quite... Grass isn't greener. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but a, a relationship, you'd only have the two of us. We also have the extended families that I call the gift with purchase mm -hmm. um, to deal with. And I saw that you had a whole thing on in-laws and how to deal with Because that is... That's, what's, that's yeah. been a big part of getting together with someone with strong relationships with the family. Which can usually be a plus to have right. strong relationships right. with your family. And I think in Houston, we see that, I, I know I see that a lot more in my office than I think my colleagues do in other states. Oh, interesting. And other cities because we have such culturally diverse families and there's a lot of ethnic, there are a lot of ethnicities. Oh, and, and then culturally, it's we do it this there. way, we mm -hmm. do it that way, and, and that's not the involved. way we do it. Right. And Americanized couples versus non. And I mean, there's just a lot there. Um, I will tell you, though, that if you have wonderful in-laws, make sure you tell them that because you don't often hear the good things about in-laws. Yes. You hear the bad things. Or if you are a good in-law, look at like look at what you're doing and encourage your friends who are maybe bad a little off or mm -hmm. troublesome in-laws, in meddling in-laws, <laughs> um, and know that there's no right way. So if mm -hmm. you're giving your opinion over and over again, just know what, if it doesn't work, you're to blame. 
So sliding back towards sex, we had this thing called deposits and withdrawals. Mm -hmm. And we talked about, because sometimes he would do something, not sexually for me, but do, yeah, it it, it can be, exactly, it can be kinky. But for us, most of it was not kinky. Like it would be, if I go to this black tie charity event for you, just know that I don't want to go this night and it's a big withdrawal. So we even kind of worked on a contract. He wanted to go fishing. I was upset that he went fishing during what I thought was 4th of July and family time. So then, and he would say, but you make me do this. And so we kind of sat down. Black tie balls were to put on the tuxedo. I know he just, it makes him crazy. And it's like, I'm good so we, for one or two, but after the fourth or fifth, I'm like, this is this is and so, cruel and unusual. So negotiating it out got us to more sex because we weren't fighting as much. Mm. I mean, you can fight and make up, but it is hard sometimes to be intimate with someone that you're really mad at, to separate yeah. the emotional from the physical. I think, well, it depends on who you're married to because what I found is that a lot of people end up if, if they are the kind of person who needs emotional intimacy in order to experience or want physical intimacy, uh-huh. usually the other person is like, well, I need physical intimacy. This to be emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, connected to you. So that kind of ends up being this whole... It's a you know, tail wagging the, the dog. The chicken or the egg. Yeah, Which what, first? what ended exactly. first? And But I, what I will say is that usually emotional intimacy wins out. Because... If you can experience emotional intimacy with someone, you're likely going to have more pleasurable physical experiences. Whereas if you're more into the physical intimacy stuff, you're not going to feel as much safety without the emotional. Does that make sense? Right. It does. So if you're having to pick one, err on connecting emotionally first, and that Mm -hmm. will likely bring up more physical versus Mm -hmm. physical bringing emotional. So something that I had shared with a few girlfriends of mine that were really in bad places with their husbands and shared with me, I said, just try having sex with them more. Try being more intimate with them. And they were like, why would I do that? I don't like him. And I said, because he can't be nice to you without knowing that you care about him and maybe he doesn't feel cared about without that. And it's, there's a lot of underneath what you've said, because that's okay. basically what I see every day. Which is kind of what you were saying earlier. Like desire discrepancy. One person yes. has sex more than the other. Sometimes, um, it, and, and this is exactly what the four intimacy styles mm-hmm. are about. It, you, what you, are the four intimacy styles? Yeah, tell us so that. Bonding, okay. release, giving, and responsive. Okay. Okay. So people who tend to be... Um, and this is not like the five love languages, which, by the way, okay. if you're looking That's for good. emotional intimacy, you go to the five okay. love languages. So you're going to get there. Take their quiz. Mm-hmm. The four, this is the answer to, okay, we know all that, but what about sex? Okay, good. All right. That's the four intimacy styles. And there's a free quiz online, fourintimacystyles.com. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is have all four of those represented in every or nearly every sexual experience in a okay. long-lasting and long-term connection physically. All right. So you want to have bonding. You want to experience release. You want to be giving and you want to be responsive. Now, bonding is for people who say, I, in order for me to feel bonded to you, how I experience love is through sharing sex with you. And now sex can mean anything. It does not have to mean intercourse. Right. So that's another thing. We always need to define what sex means when we're talking about these things, especially if you're struggling. Mm-hmm. Giving, let's go with release next. So release is the person who experienced the euphoria 
the, mm, the tension mm-hmm. release, the stress reliever, and can attribute it now to their partner being a part of that. Oh, so yeah. That's when you're like, oh, I feel so good and thank you. You know, that's yeah. what that's about. You did that for me. You're a part of me feeling yes. good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who doesn't want to be a part of somebody feeling mm-hmm. good, right? And then um, giving is when you experience almost like this sense of, I love giving you pleasure. Mm. It makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. I feel love when that Mm -hmm. happens. I feel loved. I feel like I'm loving. And then responsive is for the people who say, you know what? I don't often think about sex just like on my own. But when my partner brings it up, I'm like, okay, I can do that. And then when they get into it, Mm -hmm. they feel that responsive desire, which is, oh, I like this. Kind of like when you go to the gym, you didn't want to. Mm-hmm, but then you're like, oh, I'm here. Oh, this feels good. I like this. Oh, why don't we mm-hmm. do that more often? Same kind of thing. So you want to be able to experience at least 25% of, or hopefully 25% of each of those. And that's what the quiz can help you to do. It's in the book. It's also online um, to help you to realize what percentage of each you're already at. So you know which ones you need to work on. But ideally, and I've been doing this for a long time, over 20 years, ideally you experience all of it and round out your intimacy style. So different than the five love languages where you have to learn your partners and they need to learn yours. Well, kind of along the lines of, from my research about living your best life, coming alive, which could include sex, it should include sex. And health benefits. Yes. So great for you. uh, That you um, have such a connection with somebody and you can feel that connection because of what you go through together in your moments together. And then you can acknowledge it and say, wow, I feel connected. And there's so many, it's because of what you did to help me get there. And I think sometimes that's for us is him knowing and reading me. And I also love like this candle idea that you're talking about. We finally worked out our rhythm. We've been together 18 years, but I feel like in the beginning we couldn't, now we can just be like, you want some tonight? No. Do you want some? Well, his answer is always yes, but you know, that's a boy. <laughs> is it always yes? Cause that's not, that's not, not always. Typical. No, not I just said that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's been once or twice. <laughs> I've said no. Well, and this is an issue cause I see a lot of men experiencing erectile dysfunctions, different mm-hmm. ones, premature, or we call early ejaculation, delayed ejaculation, performance anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it does come back to this idea that I have to remind them they're not robots, but a lot of women are socialized and even men are socialized to believe that there is only one way they should be and that's always ready for intercourse and that they should always have an erection ready when their partner needs one. Oh, that's true. That's more pressure on them because that's what, whereas women can say they're tired. They even make those little pillows that you can put on the bed that say yes or no. Right. And, and it can, it can cause. Have you seen those pillows? That's pretty funny. When, um, a very stressed out husband will say, Oh, not tonight. It's almost like, what, what, what did I do to not make you attracted to me? What have I done? Yes. Or what's wrong with you? that, you know, you're not man enough. You're not, it's all these really toxic. But then it goes into a blaming thing and that goes to communication, I think. Or internalized then insecurity. Or feeling inept. When it's like, well, wait a minute, he's not a robot. What do you expect? Like there are gonna be times where the blood flow just doesn't happen. Now women, we are okay with that for ourselves because we've been 
much more accustomed to dealing with hormonal issues, with environmental factors. Mm -hmm. You guys talk about it all the time. You see your doctor, the OBGYN, twice a year. Very often. Yes, and I will share. So Rob tells everybody that they're to make their marriage better, they need to go get that cream I put under my arm, which is testosterone cream. But it totally changed my libido. Game changer. In a way that I didn't, it probably for 10 years, like we were still intimate, but it wasn't like I was begging him for it. And so it was, it's been a, and it's chemical. It's not, there was nothing wrong with us. It was my body wasn't making the chemicals it was supposed to be making. Well, and I love that you bring up that option for people because a lot of times, almost every time that somebody comes in and they're talking about having low desire, it's, it might be something, not often, but it might uh-huh. be something that is medical. Uh-huh. More often than not, it's something that's more relational or psychological. Oh, that's true. But there are so few, oh, it's so upsetting how few uh-huh. options there are for uh-huh. women to get medical help for low desire. And we call it hypoactive desire disorder. Um, uh-huh. And uh, what it's what's out there right now that actually I, I've, worked with the company, not worked mm-hmm. with them, but I've gotten to know them really well. It's called Addy, A-D-D-Y-I. And mm-hmm. it's like the only, um, you know, regulated, approved, all of that uh, option in pill form to help women who are non or premenopausal mm-hmm. who experience low desire that is not caused by relational issues or psychological issues. So it's, it's really it's great to have options like testosterone. Of course, not everybody can take testosterone. Not no, it's true. You have no, you're to, right. You know, ask your medical like for me. Sure. Yes, and then it's I a game changer and how wonderful. But I also think that when you're more rested, then you're also more oh, amorous. Okay. When you're not as cranky and irritable, then you can not be as frustrated in life. So it wasn't just an issue of okay. sexuality. It was all those things tied up together. That and you wanted to, because there were a lot of people who come in, and I always, you know, especially women, they'll come in mm-hmm. and say, I want to want to have sex. And that's when my heart breaks, because I'm like, gosh, I, I work with a lot of people who are like, stay away, or because of this, I just don't feel anything for him, or I don't feel anything for her. But the women who and men who really want to want to, they're the ones that I'm like, okay, let's figure this out, because if, if you want to want to have sex with your partner and you want to stay together forever and really enjoy each other and mm-hmm. experience the pleasures that really only the two of you can do together, if you can't get that, then divorce is imminent mm-hmm. or cheating. And it's, and it's really sad. You know, there are a lot of couples out there who will then start to think about maybe opening their relationship. Oh yeah, didn't you read a statistic? Yeah, ask her about this statistic. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal last week mm-hmm. that consensual polyamorous relationships are 23% of the relationships out there, which is equal to the amount of people that have bachelor's degrees in the United States. And I thought that was a big number. Do you think 23% of your patients? No, definitely not. I I would say it's a lot fewer that come to see me. Actually, usually when couples are coming to see me, it's not because of any issues with their open relationship because they tend to talk a lot. They're if you have an open, you're issues. right. Oh, that's okay. That's but, right. But I also read, a, I, I presented on this topic last mm-hmm. week on Fox and um, the other piece of it is that only about 8%, the stats are, that only about 8% of open relationships feel like they're successful. 
Mm -hmm. So it is a very difficult slippery slope. Very slippery slope. It's not that it's a it's not a good option. It's just a very difficult, challenging, complex option. So yeah, open. That's what I. So I've also said this about him: is as long as I would be jealous if he was with someone else, he's my guy. And I think that's a perspective of looking at it because, again. Uh Father-in-law, mother-in-law, we are not having a polyamorous relationship. Okay? Oh, God. Like, I have any time. When would that be? I mean, and as I tell everybody, you think I could afford a second one? Well, money comes up a lot. Right? That's, that's one of the things Money, time. Up. like Money, time. Uh, what if somebody finds out and you don't want to share that you're open? Somebody might think that you're cheating and you're not. What if the kids find out? and you Oh, and then they feel like, yes. On there? There, yeah, it's a lot to it. Um but yeah, it's it's funny that y'all talked about that because I think a lot of people think, well, the answer is to open. No, no, no. You have to have compersion. So compersion is the opposite mm. of jealousy. It's when you say, I feel such joy that joy you're that happy you're experiencing <laughs> oh, a pleasure with someone else. And like, that makes me feel happy for you. It's like an altruistic kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. And some people really like that. You know, for instance. Okay. If I see that you're dominating in your field and I'm like, yes, I'm yes, so yes, proud yes. of you. I'm so proud of you. Somebody else might be like, ooh, that's me. I'm so jealous of her. Okay. It's that sort of thing, but when it comes to sex and love. Okay. So something else I read about was um, because I, my mom basically said, no sex before you're married. And that's not the way we're raising our daughter. And I said, I think you need to consider before you ever have an intimate relationship with someone that you will be emotionally connected to them. And there are studies that show that women become more emotionally connected with men after they have sex with them. And it doesn't happen in men. Do you believe in those studies? Is that proven? Yeah, I don't Is that more an emotional way. thing? I don't think it's a male or female. Oh, it isn't. Okay. It's more about how you perceive and how you're taught to feel about sexual intimacy. Okay. Because if you see it as an activity, well, then going to our favorite restaurant with your best friend isn't a problem. But if you see it as an experience that you're both sharing, then, well, I can't believe you went to our restaurant with your best friend. That's our place. You know, that oh, sort of thing. That's so, a great way to describe it. And I think a lot it. of times in our society, I think men are socialized to see it as an activity, a conquest, this idea that like, the more partners you have, the better. Whereas with women, again, with us living in this in our society and in our mm -hmm. country's history, we're not we're not encouraged. We're not Interesting. sexual experiences aren't promoted. And of course, a lot of that has to do with control and power and all mm -hmm. of that. Um, but it still is the case. You know, we don't really ever talk about male promiscuity versus women promiscuity. And you know, it's just. It's still, a, it's a political issue. It can be an issue in relationships, um, but you have to decide for yourself, what does sex really mean? Is it everything? You know, talk to a sexual assault survivor. You don't want them to think that all they are is their sexuality. I mean, and now we're getting deeper, right? I mean, that's- what No, but, happens, I, but, but I'm a huge advocate for victims of trafficking. Mm -hmm. And I've- um, So if you're telling- Felt them, like- and I helped. This, yes. Right? And I like I've become really passionate about helping people that have, have been victims of sexual assault otherwise. And so I've um, I think it is 
it's a hard thing when you involve trauma with it too. And then it changes the way you perceive it. When you add your faith to the journey, when you add your traditions of your heritage to the, like, and then someone else is coming from a different place, like you're saying, that it's almost like we're understanding each other's languages. It's very difficult to do that. And I think a lot of couples don't even, even couples who've been together for a long time, they've never even really defined or shared what sex means to them and why mm-hmm. it's so important or, or what the messages were growing up. Again, mm-hmm. I encourage people to talk about that. These are discussion questions in my book, things to consider, because it could be that just opening up about why intimacy in that way is important to you changes everything. Mm-hmm. That it's not, yes, and that's what I wanted it to be for our daughter was that we could have conversations about it without shame, but we would still know that it was something special or something that had meaning. So when she, yes, yes, it's not right. And um, so it's, uh, it's been different to have that sort of journey in our life, but it's still we, we don't talk. She doesn't like it if Rob makes a comment, even about thinking I'm attractive or that he wants to kiss me. She's like, no, that's why I made ah! it We've had it once. <laughs> we beautiful she? daughter. She's 16. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, our, I so mean, let's talk about that. Like with yeah, teenagers. I have teenage daughter as well. And um, I, of course, am that person who is. Oh, is she like. And my mom's a sex therapist ever I, I mean i'm i hope she's proud of me outside of the home but she's one of those people who's like i don't want to hear it i know all about this i've talked to this person i've read this book but oh she, yeah she will do that and she doesn't need to hear it from me and i'm just like but i'm the one who has all the information like, <laughs> oh I mean, god that is I'm actually fun. trying to give it to you and she's like no no no, 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 no i'm good i'm good like oh god like, people pay you to do that okay i'm not paying you like i don't you know so that's a little tough. <laughs> and then we have our son who's just like, what does this mean? And what does this mean? Okay. <laughs> How old is he? He's 12. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, but my husband and I, when we remet, because we actually um, were each other's first loves, first kiss in middle school, in sixth and seventh grade. But we were apart for 10 years, had our own lives, a whole other world. Oh, and then good. came back together and we eloped six months later. He knew me the second time around. I was already a relationship and sex therapist. Okay. He's been used to this. He's like, oh, this yeah. is just how it is. This is our life. Um, and so he knew going into like having children that I would be that person. He's like, uh-huh. I'm going to give you more information than you even know what to do. I don't want you to go online to get any information. Right. That's the worst. It is. And I saw when I was delving on your, your website, you do counseling. Yes. Then you have remote counseling and other I didn't under. It, it's a lot. It's I a know, lot. I know. I'm trying. I, I just having been on a national TV show, there's this reach that I really love and I mm-hmm. cherish, but it's very difficult. Um, so I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in Texas, California, Florida, and New York. That's where okay. my clients came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are people in every other place sure. that are also reaching out and wanting help. So that's why I got the Write book. The book. Yes. I'm getting a companion course for it. The audiobook is coming out, ebook, and also uh, vivid relationships is a whole other field that a uh, department of what I'm doing that is more consultation and just like help and tips that mm-hmm. aren't co- they don't constitute coaching or therapy. Mm-hmm. 
So that's what I'm kind of focusing on this year the most. And I've been working with a lot of singles who are looking for matchmaking help. And basically it's a non-traditional program where I help singles really figure out who they are so that they know who they should be looking for. Well, I think it's hard. I just went away this weekend. We did as couples with one of my girlfriends that I've known since 1986. And I, um, like we are sisters, we've been through so much together, but people change so much. Like, how are you, I think about, and we, I also joke about, I love to dance. I was a, um, I was even did a dancing with the stars and I was on drill team and all that. So I like something on my checklist of dating a man when I was in my high school and college years with that he could dance. And Rob has a very funny sense of dancing, (laughs) but he makes everyone laugh and the girls love him and he's fun to be around on the dance floor. But like, had I chosen someone then, like the things that we looked at that would, it was just right. So you think, and you think like, how could your family members, you love them, but you don't always like them. How can your spouse be all that? How can you connect with them? How can you grow through it? So, um, well, I, I tell us you know, some I decided, I decided a long time mm-hmm. ago that I was not decided long ago, um, that I wasn't going to try to set up people that I know because okay. we forget that who somebody is as a friend or a colleague or as a relative oh, is it's not, not. or as a romantic partner. Yeah. That, I wait. have some friends that want to be set up with Danae's friends and I'm just like, look, dude, I know how you <laughs> I are. I can't vouch people <laughs> yeah. as a romantic partner. We can talk business and I trust you in this and this field that they're in. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going out with my wife's friends. No, it's just not going to happen. that's smart. That's smart. I won't mention do. the names, but you know who you are. <laughs> that's smart. That's smart because I, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, he's a nice guy. And oh, my gosh, he's always so pleasant. And he's funny. And he's, yeah. And then as a partner, he could be insecure, jealous, mm-hmm. you know, um, bad sleeper. I mean, you just never know. Polyamorous. Without... Without, well, consent. Without consent exactly consensually yes <laughs> yeah you just never know so i think part of being a part of vivid relationships is being open to saying i don't know what i don't know and mm-hmm. maybe what i'm looking for isn't actually setting me up for a long-term relationship the easiest example of people looking for the wrong thing is when i hear women who say i want um maybe a millionaire or high earning six figures um who looks great and works out and is always healthy. Okay. So they want my husband. Oh. <laughs> yeah, our, our husbands are taken. But no, but what I told them is like, okay, what you're asking for, what does that look like? That ends up looking like somebody who is working nonstop. Yeah, a workaholic that's completely focused on their body. And so if you gain weight and you don't look right, he's probably looking at the younger girl next to you, girl. (laughs) But But sometimes, and I'm stereotyping, yes. Well, and they just might not have the time for you to Mm -hmm. to stay, to have a six pack, you know, over 20 (laughs) and to have that commitment. Yeah. What are you committed to? What What do your choices mm -hmm. How do your choices align with my choices? And I know this might sound like a crazy thing to even say, and people are surprised when I say it, but um, we we um, have had hard times and ups and downs, but literally there um, were... You're talking about us? Yes. Okay. But a few years ago, probably even pre-COVID, like I just thought 
and I'm giving him a total, total scapegoat now, but I trust him enough. No matter what happens, I'm never leaving him. Mm-hmm. Like there were moments that I was like, oh, he's pissed me off. But then I really like was like, what would it be like to not be with him? And I think when you decide that you are committed to something, anything, and you set aside if it's not abusive, I'm not sure. saying oh, yes. there I, he, can't, he couldn't that, yeah. hit me and my daughter, like whatever. But I trust that because I know him and I know his anger doesn't take him there, yeah. you know. And I, when you make that decision, then you can let go because you're like, what, what's this fight going to matter? Everything how am I going to, how am I going to, why am I going to dig in on this mm-hmm. and make a big fuss and go to bed mad and lose my sleep when he's my person? And I'm going to be with them forever. I agree. I think a lot of times. So there is something to that true decision to be in it for the long haul, because I think so many people have a toe in and a toe toe out. Well, and what, again, there's this fear of missing out. Well, what if someone else is better at this? What if someone else doesn't raise the volume as much every time, you know, we're fighting? What if someone else doesn't? That's what therapy is for, guys. Like so many times. I'm like, why did they go to therapy before they divorced? No, why not? Or my favorite is he's my best friend. I just can't be married to him. And maybe that's because they're not intimate. That's exactly why. That's maybe that's friend. what that is. Because I'm like, if you, he's your best friend and you like hanging out with him, why would you not be with him? Yeah, well, unfortunately, that's part of the work of being in a relationship is making sure that you are looking at your partner's attractive traits, we can Mm -hmm. always break each other down. We can always find Mm -hmm. the worst in each other. Any given day, I'm sure my husband could pick me apart a million different ways, but the choice is not to, because Mm -hmm. that's not an investment in longevity. Marital longevity is something that I think a lot of people think that they're working to, but Mm -hmm. it isn't until they're in therapy and I'm like, okay, what are you doing? Are you doing Mm -hmm. this, 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 this? No, well, we go on date nights, that's great. So what do you do on date? we go to our favorite restaurant okay what are you talking about the kids that is not that's great i'm excited that y'all even do that some people don't even do that but Mm -hmm. that's not a real investment Mm -mm. what do you do on the side to bring something to talk about at the dinner table at date night do y'all do anything different are you autonomous do you have different passions and dreams do you have different interests to talk about and do your passions affect the relationship poorly are you bringing the the family is what you love to do costing something that you can't afford in your budget is what you do destructive to the trust value of the relationship or is what you do just filling you up so you can be whole for the rest of the year and the other person needs to accept it and therapy it's great you guys are very comfortable as women talking about therapy Uh as a man it's easy for us to suck it up and come in to have therapy and i've gone through we've gone through a lot of it not only for our emotions, but for family emotions and other issues. And I look at it now as a tune-up. Absolutely, and maintenance. I come in and we've got a referee that is unbiased mm-hmm. and we can, this is this, this is this, here's where we're having issues. What can, what do you see as an outsider and not who's right and who's wrong, but how do we get past this? How do we make it work? And. I might almost enjoy it when I go. I would never admit that because then I would be, you know, showing weakness. But it really does help. Ayla, not my clients, but I can tell you yes. that that is a real common thing is that a lot of times men will worry, oh, you know, they're going to gang up on me. Yes. Nobody 
nobody comes to see me for years at a time because I'm ganging up on them. That's not the way it works. A, a true professional, which is why you need to go to a licensed marriage and family therapist. We have extensive training in not doing that. That's what you can go to a friend for, mm -hmm. right? Um, I always tell them, I'm like, look, come in once, give me your side, whatever that might be, and let's see. When mm -hmm. they come in, they realize, oh, this is not anything like what I thought it was going to be. And then before you know it, they're scheduling their own sessions because they enjoy it so much. And now like, can we talk about work? Can we talk about yes, absolutely. But I think therapy is very, still very underused. It's not normalized as much as I would love for it to be. And mm -hmm. much less so sex therapy. Mm -hmm. I, I wrote about this in my book as well. I know that sex is the top reason, but it's not always the one that people talk about. Because a lot of people will get judged if they're like, well, we weren't having sex. Well, that's not a good enough to leave. That's not a good enough reason. Divorce. And, yeah. and they divorce over it, but they don't want to say that. So they'll say, oh, you know, we had financial issues. We had conflict resolution issues. Oh, you know, we were fighting over. But that's kids. what led to not having sex. Exactly. And you let it take over and lead to it. not having intimacy in your marriage. Mm -hmm. Completely. So kind of, just do a maintenance session once every mm -hmm. three months. My clients... I tend to never say that, like, of course, as therapists, we're like, the best thing is if you can fire us. That's not true. I want you to come back every three months. Because I right. want you to there's come back gonna every be... time there's, like, a huge destructive issue. Just come in once every three months. And and even if you think, mm -hmm. like, we don't really have anything to talk about, there's always something to talk about. Whether mm -hmm. it's how to support each other, how to improve, even if it's just to share what's going really well. Oh, we tried this new thing, and now we're doing this. And it can be sexual or otherwise. But um, brag on each other. Sometimes I'll just be like, tell me what he's done awesome this month. Oh, okay. You know. Sometimes just naming what fills you up and what makes you feel good or when you feel joy, like noticing that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that could be then true for this too. Like what, you know, what's great about your partner? What is it? And then reminding yeah. Is that your yourself. Is you're going to start doing? Yeah, I said it was 14 days of saying why I... Love Rob. Aww, I was starting that today. Day. Yeah. Well, I'm starting it today. So I guess it's not, I'll it's more than 14. Days. He's going to get 16 days. days. <laughs> exactly. That's but awesome. this is a big step that we could sit and talk about sex openly. Do you have any other? Because I know you need to go. You have a million things going on. We're going to do a giveaway. Yes. So exciting. A little really Tiffany exciting. for you. A little Tiffany for our followers. It's so it's so special. I love everything with hearts, obviously. It's my it's my jam. It is. Yeah. It's I, your emoji. I think um, just reminding people that mm -hmm. there's always a way to get help. Mm -hmm. If it's a $19 book or uh, following on doc, you know, Dr. Viviana, spell out Dr. Viviana, mm -hmm. follow me online. I try to give as much free information out there. And there's there. a ton of YouTube on you. You've done a lot of YouTube. Yeah, I, I really try. I'm like, look, I'm I'm out there. I'm talking about this. I'm, I know I'm never going to be able to get to see every couple that wants to see me or that I would like to work with. So that's my way of kind of giving back and giving mm -hmm. these top tips. And it's, you know, easy and it's not confrontational. And right? your book is on Amazon also? It's everywhere, yeah. Mm -hmm. But drrviviana.com. All the proceeds go to me. So let's do that. <laughs> exactly. Then yes. she could come shop yes, more with us. We don't need the, the A word. You're right. I didn't mean to say that. Sorry, Bezos. Right. <laughs> She's like, which A word? I was like, I what A word? You never know with Rob. Okay. Any party I comments? I know, Rob. What yeah. questions do you have? Yeah. What question about sex are you? Or maybe ask me for a friend. <laughs> I love it. It's a very interesting topic.
And I've I, done, okay, I, how about I have a question for you? Oh, good. Okay. Is there any sexual activity that maybe she's brought up or someone has brought up that you thought, I don't know, I don't know enough about it, but I, I, I mean, I guess I, I guess I should learn more about it. Is there a topic out there that you're like, I wonder why people like that? Maybe y'all aren't doing it, but you wonder why people like doing it. Rob has heard of almost every topic that is that anyone brings up. I don't know anything. He's like your baby. Let me tell you about this. Um, I've had a great time talking with you here. And I I'm going to be very red. Is he? Are you getting? Wow. Um, <laughs> That one was for Danette over there. Yay! Yeah. She got you. He's thinking of but things. You know what that means is there's lots going on in there. Oh, we know how much there is going on in there. And you know what? We will have her back on the couch in six months. We'll have a talk with her then <laughs> and see how things are going. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe even after we do our giveaway. But yes, um, you got me to show you. <laughs> you got me to be speechless for once in my life. Yeah. Maybe the second Not time. Yes. Well, you know, for a lot of people, there there are a lot of terms out there that mm -hmm. throw out that have to do with sexuality that they just don't know don't know what it means. I know. Um, and just like with dating terms or sexual <clears throat> terms, um, one of the ones that tends to come up really often in my office is pegging. Mm -hmm. I don't know pegging. that. Oh, he's pretending he doesn't know. Okay. <laughs> I've never looked at an urban dictionary. No. <laughs> So, and a lot of people think, well, like pegging, that's, so what it is, it's, um, it's when a heterosexual male is penetrated mm -hmm. with either a toy or a dildo or mm -hmm. a finger, not maybe not finger, it's usually something mm -hmm. that looks like a phallus to, um, anally, so in, anal mm -hmm. intercourse, but they are heterosexual. So it's not something oh. that they're doing because they want to be with a man. It's just that they enjoy the feeling of, of that okay prostate milking is something that happens in hospitals all the time prostate milking is something that a lot of men do to experience a really intense orgasm in a mm -hmm. very natural way by um, using something either an accessory or their finger or something mm -hmm. to um, and it's inserted into the rectum and then you kind of palpate the prostate mm -hmm. and it increase it's like a really intense ejaculation so for a woman or for their partner usually a woman who does not own a phallus is able to then experience and, and give that pleasure to the men. They're like, mm -hmm. awesome. So six months, I'll check and see how it went. Wow. That's. Yep. Guys on Wacky Watch Wednesday, we talked nipple dials. We got a whole new thing. Maybe we'll talk about peg dials. Ooh. All right. I think we'll wrap up on that one. We'll wrap it up now, Dr. V. Love you. <laughs> Do it that way. Exactly. No, no. So good. No, I love it. It's so good. There's so much out there to explore that is yes. totally within the realm of consent. Mm -hmm. safe. It's saying it's it's consensual. And I think a lot of couples just think, well, we just do this one thing. Mm -hmm. We'll be together forever. Explore a few other things. You don't have to go Rocky Road, but you can do like French yeah. Road. You know? Oh, I like that. So cool. Okay, good. All right. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. See y'all. <laughs>